On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. And I am John, some sports guy Hickman, your other half of the Locked On Texans duo, excited about today's podcast, just as I am about all of our podcasts, which can be found on all of the major podcasting platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans, like you and I, are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch. For today's lineup, we are back discussing the future of the Texas organization in regards to who will be calling the shots, and that's the head coaching search. Some Cleveland Brown news, which is the Texans' next opponent, along with some Texans news and update. So let's go ahead and get started with some Texans news. As the team claimed outside linebacker Nate Orchard off waivers, who spent five years in the league, most recently with the football Washington, sorry, with the Washington football team, Orchard has combined for six sacks in his career. And we'll add depth with Brennan Scarlett and Jacob Martin both out. Romeo Cornell said Whitney Merciless, Dylan Cole, and Max Sharpen are all on the COVID-19 reserve list. They should be back with the team this Wednesday. Jacob Martin, however, will be out a bit longer. Now, Sunday's win has some very good moments and very bad moments as it's time to throw out some numbers. PFF gave Texans guard Zach Foden a pass-blocking grade of just 96 the lowest of his career. With getting Max Sharpen back this week, I think a change in the lineup should take place as I believe it's time to move on for Zach, from Zach Fulton, who has struggled all season. And some good news, we told you about what Will Fuller did on Sunday and Watson's day, but more good came out of yesterday's game, Sunday's game rather. Duke Johnson had 20 touches on Sunday, which is his most, not only as a Texan, but in his career. Texans rookies saw more action on defense Sunday as rusher Jonathan Gennard saw 83%. Defensive lineman Ross Blacklock saw 39%. And cornerback John Reed saw 4%. With seldom playing time, Michael Thomas, who has only received 23% of playing opportunity on Sunday, has only allowed two catches this season for 13 yards. In Jordan Atkins, Aiken's first game since week four, Houston did a really good job of distributing equal opportunities to their tight end group. Aikens played 34% of the snaps. Farrell Brown played 39% of the snaps, while Darren Fells played 52% of the snaps. With this, now the question remains, Cody, I, I, we've been talking about this for two seasons now. Is it time for the Kaheli wearing experiment to close? I'm not trying to be mean, but without a doubt, yes, it is time to end the Kaheli wearing experiment. And I'm not just saying that because one, this is the second year in a row that we have not seen wearing out on the field. But I think one of the big reasons why 
there was so much hype behind this guy was due to the fact that the Texans did not have a future at the tight end position. Yes, Darren Fell had a really good season last year that resulted in him getting a contract extension, but he is not the future at tight end. Jordan Akins, when healthy, proved this season that he is the future at the tight end position. And prior to him having a concussion and an ankle injury, this guy was on track to have a career year this season. And yes, he did not do much against the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. But ladies and gentlemen, it was his very first game since the week four loss against the Minnesota Vikings. It's going to take some time for Akins to get back to the player he was prior to that injury. And I'm pretty sure going into Sunday's game against the Cleveland Browns, we're going to see more of the Jordan Aikens we saw through the first four games versus what we saw on Sunday. So, John, to answer your question, yes, it is time to end the Kaheli Warren experiment. Maybe the new general manager can come in and trick a team into taking on Warren, pairing him, I don't know, with a late draft pick or something. I don't know. I'm not a GM, but it is time to move on from this guy. Once again, I understood the excitement when this guy came to the team, but at the end of the day, it all boiled down to the Houston Texans not having an answer at tight end. You have your answer in Jordan Aikens, and if this guy can stay healthy, that is going to be your number one tight end moving forward. Could be closing soon, but we'll continue to see how that plays out for Warren and the Houston Texans tight end group. Now, I know it's very imperative for us to discuss where we are heading in the future. So I can't wait for us to have the head coaching conversation. And I think with the Browns getting Nick Chubb back, that makes them even more deadlier than what they have seemed to be this year. And this football season will be a little bit different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through the game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans like you and I, like the entire world, especially after Thursday night football game, we're the real generational town that Pepsi fuels, right? We don't go out there on the field. We may not catch passes, but we are the passionate fans. And because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch the game. Pepsi, made for football watching. And I also want to let you guys know that Christmas time is around the corner. And with life always coming at us fast and unpredictable, so much can happen, and you need protection. Well, that's where Axon comes in. Axon Taser Evergreen is the perfect gift you can give to a loved one this holiday season. Taser's line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you in your glove compartment or purse. These tasers line of non-lethal self-protection devices are small and lightweight enough to carry with you in your glove compartment or your purse. Guns carry unnecessary risk for you and those around you and even pepper spray can harm you as much as an attacker and it's often ineffective. However, taser products are safer and easy to use. More than 237,000 lives have been saved with the Taser network of devices, apps, and personnel. Taser is available without a permit in most U.S. states. Get the Taser Pulse Plus and Taser Strike Light at taser.com with promo code NFL. Save 15% now at taser.com promo code NFL. That's T-A-S-E-R dot com with promo code NFL. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
Welcome back in, everybody, and thank you for sticking around. Second segment of Locked On Texans, your dating Texans talking news update. Right now, Romeo Cornell has been a very decent interim head coach. I has still had problems on the defensive end. However, we have seen the reemergence. I'm not going to really call it a reemergence, but just who we thought Deshaun Watson was, well, he still is. And we know that moving forward, Romeo Cornell would not be the head coach next year, nor should he even be considered. However, the big question around the league for everybody is simply, especially here in Houston, what will Houston do for their head coach? Now we talked about the general manager search last week, but now we have to look at possible head coaching candidates to fill the void here in Houston. And I think, once your star quarterback comes out and says a name, Airbnb, that is the number one candidate, right? And I've seen so many people discredit Airbnb and, and, and claim that it's only Andy Reid doing this. I'm not big on him. If he was really this good, he would have been given a shot a long time ago. And it just seems like, they're finding a way or finding a reason not buy into him. Do you want to know who the who is Bill Belichick's greatest coach from his coaching tree is? And Bill Belichick has been regarded as the greatest NFL coach of all time. You want to know who his best coach under his tree is? Bill O'Brien. No. However, no. Let's take a look at Andy Reid's coaching tree. Let's take a look at John Harbaugh. With the Eagles was a special team coach from 1998 to 2006 and then became the secondary coach in 2007. John Harbaugh then goes to the Ravens from 2008 to now has a 118-74 career record, 10 and 7 in the playoffs and one Super Bowl. Doug Peterson with the Eagles Offensive quality control coach, 2009 to 2010. Quarterbacks coach from 2011 to 2012. His head coaching record with the Eagles from 2016 to 2020 is 38, 26, 4-2 in, in the playoffs, 1-0 in the Super Bowl. He also has Ron, Ron Rivera, linebackers coach from 99 to 03. Um, coach of the Panthers from 2011 to 2019. His coach record is 76, 63, and one. Three and four in the playoffs and only one in the Super Bowl, but he does have a Super Bowl trip. He also was named coach of the year as well. What I'm getting at is the talent on both sides. Like if, if you're looking for a defensive coach or if you're looking for a offensive coach, Andy Reid knows talent and he allows his coordinators and his coaches and his coaching staff to grow under him. And he allows them to be in positions where they are going to succeed not only with him, but in the future. So I don't understand the backlash on why people believe Eric Bieniemy should not be the Texans next head coach. What we are seeing him do in Indi not Indianapolis, but Kansas city with that offense with Patrick Mahomes and how he has designed plays. There are two play callers in the NFL that I love watching call plays. That's Kyle Shanahan and what we've seen out of Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City, there's no reason why he should not be truly considered a candidate for Houston. And not just because, uh, I, I'm not saying this because he's a black OC 
but he truly deserves an opportunity. We have a dynamic quarterback. He has experience with that, something that the previous head coach did not have. You have dynamic and speedy weapons on the outside, something he has experience with. Put him in the position to take this offense to the next level. And one thing we know about the possibility of bringing in an OC, OCs are normally very good at allowing another OC to come and do their job. So, for instance, we know that Eric Bianami is on the offensive side. It's going to be good at bringing in a very good defensive-minded D.C. for Houston next year. Well, when you talk about head coaches that the Houston Texans should consider, of course, Eric Bieniemy is at the top of everybody's list. And to be honest with you, John and listeners, he is also at the top of my list as well. But when I take a look at coaching candidates outside of Eric Bieniemy, I want the Texans to consider this as their top priority. Yes, you need to find someone who can actually coach defense. Yes, you can possibly find someone who can actually help with the special teams as well. And we know the special team here in Houston is by far possibly the worst we ever seen in the Houston Texans franchise history. However, The top priority that the Texans should have when they go out and start recruiting coaches is to make sure that they have a candidate, to make sure that they hire someone who can tailor and build an offense around who? Deshaun Watson's skill set. And of course, when you're talking about head coaches, like I mentioned, Eric Bieniemy is at the top of everybody's list. However, there is a guy that I'm going to keep my eye out on in Baltimore, and that guy is Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. And the reason why I say Roman, we have seen what he has been able to do with Lamar Jackson over the past two seasons. And if he can unlock Jackson as a MVP caliber player, I would love to see what he will be able to do with Deshaun Watson as his number one quarterback, because John and listeners, we can have the debate all we want, but in my opinion, in my humble opinion, I think Deshaun Watson is a hell of a lot better quarterback than Lamar Jackson. And that's no disrespect to Jackson by far. He is in my book, top six in the league today. But if I had to choose between Watson and if I had to choose between Jackson, I'm going with Deshaun Watson nine times out of 10. But ever since he became the offensive coordinator for the Ravens in 2019, he has been nothing but sensational. Last season, the Ravens ranked first in points, averaging 33 points per game. First in rushing yards, averaging 206 yards on the ground, and they finished second in the league in total yards, averaging 407 yards per game. So when you take a look at the offense that he was able to put together in Baltimore, and you take into account that this is a guy who has experience in coaching a dynamic quarterback in Lamar Jackson, you can basically say that he is going to be a good fit for the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson. However, I think I would give the head coaching nod if it came up to me and I had to choose between Eric Bieniemy and Greg Roman. I might give the nod to Greg Roman. And I say that because everyone knows, once again, you need to find a coach who can tailor to Deshaun Watson. And unlike Eric Bieniemy, Roman actually has more experience coaching a dynamic quarterback because when he was in San Francisco 
for three years. He coached a guy by the name of Colin Kaepernick. And at that time, he helped Kaepernick become one of the most explosive quarterbacks in the league during his three-year stint between the years of 2011 and 2014. And regardless of how you feel about Kaepernick right now on November 10th, 2020, you cannot deny the talent that that guy showcased on the field in San Francisco, the early stages of his career. And yes, I know when you talk about Colin Kaepernick and you talk about the early to mid-2010 San Francisco 49ers, Jim Harbaugh received a lot of the credit, and he should because he was the head coach. However, when Greg Roman left that organization in 2014, Jim Harbaugh has not looked the same since. In San Francisco, he helped the 49ers reach a Super Bowl in 2012, and a, a Super Bowl that they almost won. Of course, they lost to the Baltimore Ravens, ironically, because that's the team that he's the offensive coordinator for right now. And in his three seasons, the 49ers went 36-11. and 11. They put together one of, if not the best offensive team in the league. Oh, yeah, and by the way, the 49ers reached the NFC championship game in all three of his seasons when he was the offensive coordinator for the 49ers. So when you talk about the Texans going out and get a head coach, it seems like almost everybody's top candidate, rather that could be Greg Roman, rather that's Eric Bieniemy. it seems like it's always an offensive coordinator because we want to see somebody that's going to help Deshaun Watson go from a Pro Bowl quarterback to MVP caliber all pro quarterback because we know he is capable of it. And we forget the defensive side of the ball. What I would like to see the Texans do is go out and get an offensive head coach and not only go out and hire an offensive head coach, but actually go out and allow him, give him the freedom to build his own coaching staff. Because if you do that, let's say, for example, they hire Greg Roman. Roman would know what he need from a defensive-minded coach to put on his coaching staff. Then you will have the defensive side of the ball taken care of. Oh, and by the way, I have to add, Roman is also a Texans alumni coach because he was with this organization during this inaugural season in 2002 as the very first Houston Texans tight end coach. So the McNair should know Greg Roman very well, and Greg Roman should know the Houston Texans organization very well. Yes, I know a lot has changed since he was the Texans tight end coach in 2002, but ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day, it needs to come down between Eric Bieniemy and Greg Roman because at the end of the day, once again, you need to make sure you find a coach that's going to be able to tailor to Deshaun Watson. And these are two top candidates, Bieniemy and Roman, that's going to be able to help Deshaun Watson reach the level and see the success that Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes has seen for their respective franchise. I would also like to add that because of the defensive struggles of the Houston Texans and from what we've seen, I wouldn't necessarily – forget about Robert Saleh from the 49ers, uh, the DC from the 49ers. I think that's a, a hot name um, that could be thrown out for Houston right now as well. But I agree with you. I, I like Eric Bieniemy for the number one option for Houston and, and Greg Roman, who's also coached, who is also coaching a, a spectacular and, and stellar quarterback, MVP quarterback in Lamar Jackson and has put together a very well-organized offense around his quarterback that would also be phenomenal here in Houston for Deshaun Watson as well. I wanted to throw out Robert Saleh because we pretty much see that Deshaun Watson can kind of do whatever he needs to do on offense as long as the weapons are there. 
but the defense needs a whole lot of fixing. Before we get out of here, we're going to talk about Nick Chubb returning back for the Cleveland Browns and if that will affect what Houston will do on Sunday as they look to kind of build on their game and create a winning streak. You know, I also want to tell you guys about Built Go, right? It's it's just amazing. It's kind of sweeping the, the workout nation. It's sweeping the gyms. It's keeping everybody where they need to be. And uh, Built Go just makes you the best you at whatever you do. That's what it does. That is the main objective. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break right through it with Go every day. Easy to take in a 1.5 ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. If you're playing some flag football with your boys, it's good for that. Or you can just put it in your pocket to get through the day. Bilgo is the best workout gel on the market. It's a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's so natural for the body. It's just completely better. It's like drinking a monster with a third of caffeine and better results. With three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and my favorite, chocolate mint. I like mint. You know, mint, mint, it gives you like this fresh feeling at the end. You know what I mean? Whenever you drink it or eat it. Built Go combines energy gel with a collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into the system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff, and it's great to ignite your work. It ignites my work as well. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED. L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go! After the Houston Texans victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday, of course, it is time for us to switch our attention from the Jaguars to the Cleveland Browns, who's going to be our next opponent. And during his media availability on yesterday, Romeo Cannell gave us some good news by saying that, well, by saying again that Bradley Roby is expected to make his return to the team. As always, we know how important Bradley Roby is to the secondary. Now, is he one of the top DBs in the league right now? No, but he is by far the Texans' top DB because there is no way in hell the Houston Texans should have allowed a rookie quarterback in his very first start to throw for over 300 yards and nearly steal the game against them. But when you take a look at the Cleveland Browns, regardless of what you feel about them, Cleveland is actually having a pretty solid season. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe this might be their most successful eight, nine game start to the season since I think it said 2012 or somewhere along, along those lines. It's been a long time. Let's just say that. As of right now, there are five and three. And when you talk about the Cleveland Browns, yes, Odell Beckham is out for the remainder of the season due to an ACL tear. But they still have Jarvis Landry, is, which is another reason why it is important for the Texans to make sure whatever beef, potential beef, that the Texans organization and Roby had last week, please make sure it is done because you don't want to go out on the field and play against Jarvis Landry and Baker Mayfield, who is a pretty above average quarterback at this stage of his career. But you don't want to go out on Sunday and face the Cleveland Browns without Bradley Roby because somebody has to stick Jarvis Landry. However, just like the Houston Texans is getting one of their best defensive players back, 
the Cleveland Browns is getting one of their best offensive players back, and that player is Nick Chubb. Chubb has missed the previous four games due to a knee injury, and he will be back. And the reason why I say that is going to be a huge concern we all know that the Texans are trying to salvage their 2020 season. Right now, they sit at two and six. And when you take a look at the Cleveland Browns, you can possibly say that this is a winnable game. But, John, I might be leaning a little bit towards Cleveland because Nick Chubb, explosive back, he can light nearly any team up for over 100 yards. And we know how much the Houston Texans have struggled throughout this season at stopping the run. Yeah, I think Nick Chubb will have, I'm not going to say an average day because before he got hurt, I mean, Nick Chubb was one of the best running backs in the NFL. I mean, he was balling in the duo, but him and Kareem Hunt was just simply working for the Cleveland Browns, took a lot of pressure off Mayfield and made his QB and job easier. So for them to get Nick Chubb back, uh, add him to the weapons that they have, I think Nick Chubb will have a, a day where, you know, I'm not really sure because he has to work his way back into coming off of IR. I think Houston is just a perfect matchup for him to work his way back off from IR. We know how historically bad this defense has been at stopping the run. And I don't think it will change at all Sunday. I think Cleveland runs all over Houston. And I think with Kareem Hunt being such a dynamic player, in himself, he will allow Nick Chubb the opportunity to get back into game shape, get back into game form, should I say. And Nick Chubb will have a good day. I don't think Houston will put too much of a fight up against uh, the Cleveland Browns rushing attack. I don't think so either. Like I said, you know, the Cleveland Browns could be a winnable game for the Texans, but it's all going to come down to between them stopping the run. And this damn show is going to come down to if Bradley Roby makes his return on the field. However, one of our listeners on Twitter gave us a, a very interesting topic. I'm pretty sure he heard our conversation on yesterday when we was discussing moving Duke Johnson up to the starting running back position. And he made a very interesting take. And John, I'm going to let you take the wheel first and then I'm going to get my two senses on it. He talked about the possibility of when David Johnson come back from his concussion. He asked the question, do you think it's going to be a good possibility to make David Johnson your full-time returner? Yeah, I don't think so. And I disagree with him, my boy on Twitter yesterday. I don't think that's a, you know the right decision. I think Houston has been you know, pretty bad at punt returns and returning the ball period this year. Special teams has been lackluster. And I think that may be due to just not having the right opportunities out there on the field and DeAndre Carter just being kind of complacent back there. But we brought David Johnson, at least the idea of David Johnson coming to Houston was to have a real duo, a real one-two punch, a real, you know, two-headed monster backfield. The problem with that was it never happened, right? I mean, we never saw... Duke Johnson fully gets an opportunity to add to what the backfield could be. Now, after the concussion that David Johnson sustained on Sunday and Duke Johnson fitting into the offense much better than we had seen out of David Johnson. And mind you, David Johnson has rushed for more yards than Duke Johnson in single games than what Duke did on Sunday. But I think if we're going to look at how David Johnson should be used, 
we need to use them how we originally planned. And that is to have a duo two-headed, I'm not going to call it a monster, but a duo split backfield. That way the offense would become unpredictable. When David Johnson is on the field, it's pretty predictable. We know what's going to happen. He's going to run up the A-gap and then it's going to get stuffed. When Duke Johnson is on the field, you can do a whole lot more. And so when he ever, whenever he he's able to come back, then I still want him to get some playing time in the backfield. Now, however, Houston will look at options, whether it's on the practice squad or who they have on their roster right now at running back to compliment Duke Johnson while David is nursing that concussion. If Scotty Phillips comes out and he's playing well, then it's okay to scrap David Johnson, bite the L of paying him all that money this year and just say, hey, we, we, we tried something that we didn't necessarily want to do in the first place. The person who did it is no longer here. So we kind of don't have a reason to be loyal to the trade that was made. If we are really serious about putting a run together and having the possibility of making the playoffs, we got to go with what works best. And right now, I think Sunday is a perfect game to really see what works best for Houston. Is it Duke Johnson and sprinkling in some Scotty Phillips? Or is David Johnson still going to be a key role for Houston's running game or a lack thereof? And this question of should the Houston Texans make David Johnson their kickoff returner came from Yamo. And he said he's just a kid from Cleveland, um, which means I'm going to have to ask him, you know, who is he going to root for on Sunday, the Texans or the Browns? But that's neither here or there. John, I'm going to have to disagree with you just a little bit because, yes, the Houston Texans want to use David Johnson of what they originally brought him for in Houston. But after seven games, this man has not shown us anything. But then I think back to when the, the couple of times I was able to go to training camp and I saw David Johnson, Duke Johnson, Kiki QT, and DeAndre Carter, all four of those guys were getting rep as return guys. And I don't, I don't know if you remember, but I actually flirted with this idea. I flirted with this, this of the possibility of having David Johnson as one of your returners, you have to go all the way back. I believe it was either July or August, but I would like to see the Texans switch it up a little bit and maybe putting David Johnson in a position where he has the opportunity to reach that second gear might be just enough so we can possibly see the explosive runner that David Johnson is capable of. And you talked about this and David Johnson actually talked about this the week before the bye week. He talked about that, you know, part of the reason why he's struggling, it's kind of hard to run behind this offensive line. Now, Duke Johnson, he didn't look the best, but at the end of the day, he still looked better than David Johnson running behind this offensive line. So maybe the Texans should flirt with him, put him as a kickoff returner, and let's see what he can do. Because at the end of the day, Duke Johnson can't do no worse than David Johnson as the starting running back, and David Johnson can't do no worse than DeAndre Carter as the primary kickoff returner. And with all that being said, that concludes another installment of Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Today's Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. Have a couple of tacos Check out Locked On Texans and stay safe, Houston. Until tomorrow, peace.
You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.